By the time you hear this podcast, you'll learn about... but a goodie <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know which way you're going to take that <laughs> that song is that, that's, that's a classic an oldie goodie pop song or an oldie goodie uh, internet joke yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that song uh, brilliant <laughs> it's a good song man it, it really is but I understand like if something gets played too much no, Agree. It can get annoying. So it's one of those songs like if you come back to it, mm-hmm. you're not so annoyed. As as, as a kid, after well, I have to ask you this: When you first heard this song, did you think he looked like that? Well, I I first when I first heard the song, I was watching the video. Oh, you were okay. But it is something like unexpected. Like oh yeah, no. The first <laughs> time I heard it, I did not see the video, and I thought that he was. I imagined him as an older black gentleman with sunglasses all the time like one of those type of singers where he just wore sunglasses all the time and it's a young redhead guy with yeah. sunglasses who <laughs> only if you watch the video and his subsequent <laughs> videos he has one dance move oh yeah i was one, trying to do he's got one move <laughs> it's a slide with the feet and snap it like there's a lot of oh, things god. happening but yeah. he just does that for three and a half minutes <laughs> oh god yeah i did I, yeah rick astley ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with our 24th episode. And um, you can find us in a variety of places. I don't know if we're spreading ourselves thin, but yeah, eh, mean, whatever. The more, the better, the, the more places I feel like you can find us, the better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that definitely. That's, that's, a, that's how we should look at it. For, so you for can people find, who might have like someone who might have that Windows phone, and they can <laughs> <laughs> they can only get us with one app. So yeah. <laughs> so you can find us on you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, Satchel Podcast Player, Castbox, and now TuneIn Radio. Ooh. So search for us on the TuneIn Radio app, and you can play. All of our episodes in a row, if you like. I mean, that's a lot of time. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> if you're driving cross country, yeah. yeah, yeah, good for a cross country trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, two guys talking about music and uh, having some fun with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, tune in. I got the email last night that uh, they accepted it, and it went live like five minutes after I read the email. So nice. Tune in radio. 
you can listen to you can live stream your favorite radio mm-hmm. station and then when it's time to when you feel like listening to a podcast why don't you search for us mm-hmm. and uh tell your friends about it and all that yeah so um you can also find our our where we post our podcast uh on uh, our facebook page by the time you hear this spelled with the word you mm-hmm. uh, if you want to follow us on instagram by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U, because we're urban. Yes. And I don't know if I want to keep saying that in Trump's America. I'm just going to be real, man. Yeah, we, we got we got to be careful. Yeah. We're getting this podcast in the the in on Obama's last day yeah. in office. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got to we got to figure out something else. We're going to see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, you can also email us the same spelling as our Instagram with the letter U uh, by the time you hear this at gmail.com for show ideas, comments. If you're an independent artist and you want us to hear your music, uh, all of that is welcome. Mm-hmm. So uh, as we do, as we begin our show, it's we have some music news and tidbits to speak about. Uh, first thing here, like I... He's like the, I think he's like the the male Adele right now to where, you know, his music isn't meant for the club, but it's still. Yeah. Well, it's, it's starting to sound that way now. He's trying to make it. Yeah. He's (laughs) trying to make it for the club. And and why? You you didn't have to do this. Uh, We're of course talking about Ed Sheeran, whose song, uh, Shape of You, has debuted on the charts at number one. It was on the New Music Friday list last week. I did not listen to that list. I don't know why. I can't remember why, but I didn't. Yeah, it was the first two songs on the list. Really? Both of both of his singles. The song Shape of You is number one. His other single Castle on the Hill is number six. Mm. So uh, he's having a good winter already. Yeah. And he and it's from his new album called Divide, but because he uses symbols, it's the division <laughs> symbol, you know, for those of you who understood math class a little bit. It doesn't sound like any – I mean, well, you know what? I take that back because, well, the the first single he had from his last album um, that he did with Pharrell didn't sound like anything I'd heard from him. But it still had like – I don't know, like it still had the acoustic guitar and stuff in there. This one just sounds like it, – it sounds like a Sia track or Sia. We never yeah. figured out how to say it. Is it Sia, Sia, Sia? Uh, I, I don't know. The blonde I never looked with, it up. The blonde chick with who, the wig. Who never shows yeah. her face. Yeah, yeah, she don't show her face. <laughs> but it sounds like a track by her. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man, but it just, you know, sounds like he's selling out. <laughs> like, it just sounds like he's selling out. Yeah, it's uh, it's starting to sound that way. Um, the song, I, uh, I can't remember which song it was now. Um and I never liked it. But one of the songs is with Benny Blanco. Yeah, yeah. It's the on his single. album. Okay. It's not The Shape of You. It's the other one. Okay. Yeah. That song is, is was co-written with Benny Blanco. And he has another song, which he's done with Ryan Tetter. Yeah. So um, he's being more pop than before. And I don't understand why. Because he was able to, you know. I mean, hell, for crying out loud, how big was... um. Jesus, what was the name of the song that sounded like the Marvin Gaye song? I can't thinking out loud. Thinking out loud, yes. Thinking out loud was like a traditional blues esque ballad, <laughs> and was one, the biggest song of his career. And what does he do? Let's pop it up. Like he goes in and he starts like, hey, let's throw in some synthesizer, 
and everything. And it's like you don't you don't need it. Like you're Ed Sheeran, man. You're better than that. But yeah, um, do what makes you happy. You know. Yeah. I mean, if he's happy, then he's not selling out. But if he's not happy, then he's selling out. <laughs> I don't know which it is. Um, I was looking for something. Well, anyway, uh, yeah, his show's number one. Uh, well, his song's number one. <laughs> it debuted at number one, which is hard to do. Yeah. But I think people are just excited about some uh, new Ed Sheeran, yeah. Some new Ed Sheeran, yeah. Yeah, I've heard he has a very fervent, um, a fervent, something no word. Um, he fervent. Has a, he has a fervent fan base um, of people, but they love him for his live shows. Um, I mean, I guess they buy his music just to support him, but I've heard like they love, love, love his live shows. Like you have people over in um, in Europe who like will travel with him, like follow him around. He's got that type of fan base. All right. Well, good. Good for him. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, we've got uh, some other music news here. So we're all familiar with Alanis Morissette. And uh, her manager, her former manager, admitted to stealing uh, millions from her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, we had some other, <laughs> got some other, we're, we're, at, we're at a secret location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're recording right now. It's but um, her former manager, Jonathan Todd Swartz, Worked for a California company that helped clients handle personal finances, including bank accounts. Uh, recipe for disaster, I guess. <laughs> um, and in documents filed with the U.S. Attorney's Office for Central District of California, details of which were outlined in a statement released by the court, Mr. Schwartz said that between 2010 and 2014, he had taken $4.8 million from Ms. Morissette's accounts without her knowledge. He also admitted stealing well over $1 million from other prominent clients. Mm. Um, I guess it's kind of shocking that between the years of 2010 and 2014, she had $4.5 million. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Jack Little Pill sold a lot, though. Yeah, it really. I know it did, but like, I, get, I, I mean, I guess she, you know, she, she seems like she lives a simple life, so she probably held on to the money <laughs> and didn't really spend it. That's crazy, though, um, and especially that he thought he'd get away with it too. But yeah, I mean, it happens a lot, you know, um, to where you hear some athlete or entertainer, their manager stole money from them, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's kind of like they don't get the money back, or there's no like payment plan or anything. It's kind of, if it's stolen, it's just gone. Maybe I need that's to what get it into, sounds like. I need to get into management just still from people who don't know any better. <laughs> what's, Fan, what's Fantasia doing? She can't read. I can, <laughs> I can steal from her. <laughs> that's really messed up. I'm sorry. y'all. But. I think she's gotten her GED at least. Oh, well, damn. I mean, well, I mean, still though, can't she read? Like, <laughs> I could just walk up to her and be like, hey, I'm your manager. And, you know, she can't. She don't know that. I met her like she's retarded. She's not retarded. She's, you know. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I was still from Fantasia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. With uh, Swartz, his court date is expected to be February 1st, after which a judge will determine his sentence. He could face up to 23 years in prison in a maximum security prison. Damn. Uh, they're not. Me- yeah, I'm reading. They're not messing around here. Yeah. 
well, in Trump's America, maybe something will change. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. We got, uh, okay. So what's interesting, uh, in the last couple of days, Ben sent me a screenshot of this the other night. Uh, <laughs> So a Bruce Springsteen cover band was uh, was selected to perform at Trump's inauguration, but then they dropped out. Uh, cover band, people. Cover band. The Bruce Springsteen cover band. cover band, not the E Street Band. I don't. Was he part of the Traveling Wilburys? I don't. I don't remember. But not them either. <laughs> no. It was a cover band. So uh, Ben, do you have any more? Do you have any information, Eddie? Could you flesh this out for us? Well, I mean, they said they didn't want to do it because they didn't think that it lined up with the ideals of Bruce Springsteen. So why they accepted it in the first place is beyond me. But um, I think it's funny that in a way, like you kind of got rejected by Bruce Springsteen. Like the fact that Bruce wouldn't do this. Nah, bro, we're not going to do it either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's what's weird is that they got a cover band. I mean, they couldn't get. I mean, you got three doors down, but apparently that's not enough. No, that's, uh, that's not. You got a, big and rich, still not enough. Yeah, you know what the you would think a big and rich Bruce Springsteen concert. I mean, not Bruce Springsteen, but a big and rich three doors down concert would be huge in Mississippi. Um, but I guess we're that, in DC. We're in so. Washington DC though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, well, you know, um, I don't. Oh, they I, got Toby Keith too. I mean, yeah, I guess. That's why you want to get Bruce Springsteen? I guess this just shows that uh, they they get they got a hard time, man. Like, don't nobody like people don't want to go to the White House to see him. They play sports. People don't want to perform for him. Like, I mean, some people have gone to see him that play sports, but you know, you know, Ray Lewis, Jim Brown, they want to give him a chance. And I, I, I don't. We don't want to get too political here on this podcast, but that's something you say about. I feel like I said this the last episode. That's something you say about like uh, somebody to coach your daughter's soccer team who's never played soccer, <laughs> but there's no one else to coach. Mm. So you give you give that person a chance to coach your team, give them a chance to be terrible. <laughs> you don't say, oh, let me give this guy a chance to be president. Let's give him a shot. Yeah. I don't think you're supposed to say that about, <laughs> about the job of the president. No. But hey, but you know, you could we could treat it like that that girl soccer coach, that peewee soccer coach job and yeah. give them a chance to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Or we could be pleasantly surprised. I don't know if it'd be pleasantly. We'd just be surprised. <laughs> um, you haven't been surprised yet. Well, I was surprised when he got elected. Um, nothing else has surprised me because, I mean, it's kind of so far it's gone how I, exactly how I thought it would go. I mean, like he's not prepared. Well, duh. Like, <laughs> like, so, <laughs> What's funny is like, I was watching uh, Colbert the other night, and he, and he, um, there's a quote to where he's gonna start doing stuff on day one, mm-hmm. and he's like, which I assume would be Monday because you know I don't want to get sign, I don't want to be signing stuff and getting it mixed up with the celebration. So he thinks the presidency has weekends off. Mm-hmm. Trump thinks he gets weekends off, man. He's not gonna last a year. But before we get to political. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're called the B Street Band. Um B Street it could even be D or or F, you know, like the next block over. Had, okay. The B Street you know Band. And they've been performing B since for Bruce. 1980. 
So like this, they were covering him when he was popular. <laughs> like they were <laughs> This is their big break. Yeah. This was their big break for before this. the inauguration. Two hundred gigs a year since nineteen eighty. Um and yeah, they just said, uh, nah, we we good. <laughs> when the cover band who probably performs mostly at, you know, the prominent bars in major cities mm-hmm. doesn't want to uh do your inauguration. It's like we went to the the Velcro Pygmies and they turned us down. Like, oh, with the government mule, (laughs) (laughs) they turned us away. We we went we we went to ask the Umphrey McGees. Oh God! (laughs) And they said no. Widespread panic. (laughs) The Dave Matthews cover band turned them down. (laughs) Just everybody, just like, oh man, just nobody will come. Uh, got the green hit from Carrollton. <laughs> Turned us down. No thanks. Your money's no good here. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you got that. Um, also not performing at the inauguration. I think people just wanted it to happen uh, just to feel like there's some sense of hope or something. Uh, Kanye will not be performing, <laughs> but he wasn't invited. Not that he turned them down. He didn't get the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, he turned them down. Well, he was turned down because he is not seen as being traditionally American. Uh, I don't know what is more, what musical genre is more American than hip hop. Or maybe you could say rock and roll. I would say, well, I would say more than that. Blues would be more American. Yeah. yeah but I mean, like, cause I mean, all that stuff came from blues and country blues, but like, Rap is America. Like it's, it's so America. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that it's. I mean, you could e- you could even probably say it's the one genre of music we do better than anyone in the in the world. Like that, and maybe country. Like those are the genres we do better than anyone in the world. I mean. I don't I don't know how, you know, that's like, oh, football, that's not American. Well, we do it better than anyone in the world. It was made here. <laughs> so it's American. <laughs> it's American. But um, let's see. Uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> it's the way this is described here. This is from uh, the Billboard uh, MSN uh, website. Kanye, who was born in Chicago and performs a style of music, hip hop, that was invented. It that was music, comma, hip hop, comma, that was invented in the United States on the streets of Trump's New York in the late 1970s. Mm. Way to dress that up. Um, it's, hey, <laughs> hey, but word like Trump's from New York, like yeah, that's home hip hop. Like <laughs> a lot of big hip hop artists. <laughs> uh, but he did perform at the inaugural Youth Ball in honor of, Pres- in honor of President Obama in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So um, it could have been that kind of event where he would perform it. But I think it was just meeting him seemed to be bad enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have problems with it uh, because, well, people who have met with him because he's not, he's not meeting people who are on the, sorry to get political again, uh, (laughs) not meeting people who are on the, on the front lines or, or who are, who, where there is evidence of them doing community work, Mm -hmm. like, Okay, he met with Ray Lewis and Jim Brown. He's not going to be with Colin Kaepernick. No. <laughs> He's going to meet with Kanye West. He's not going to meet with 
I don't know, a T.I.? What, Killer Mike? Or Killer Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or he's met with Steve Harvey. He's not going to meet with D.L. Hughley. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, uh, I think it was all just a, a front. Like, I feel like nothing happened in those meetings. It was more like they he went up to the office. They shook hands. Okay, let's go downstairs and stand in front of the elevators while people take pictures. <laughs> To make it seem like something happened. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. So enough about that. Um, I'm sure there'll be some memes of some moments from Trump's inauguration by our next episode. Oh, this is gonna be it's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> That's the one thing I keep saying, like, of this presidency, we're it's gonna be the funniest presidency. <laughs> like we're gonna get so much comedy. It's gonna be awesome. Unintentional, of course, but we're gonna get a lot of comedy. Yeah. Um what else do we have? Okay, so we talked about the the B Street band dropping out of the inauguration. Uh that even sounds insulting. We couldn't get the B Street band. Uh the real Bruce Springsteen plays an acoustic set for Obama's last day in office. Mm-hmm. Uh I think that's that's pretty cool. I agree. Uh, I agree. You know. Um what can you I think what what can be said for Obama's presidency is that he appreciated he appreciated art mm-hmm. as a president, and you know all the people. It seemed like he had concerts. He had a lot of. It seemed like he had a lot of concerts at his house. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it just seemed like every time, like there's somebody performing at the White House. And I mean, um, he even did. Um... I, I, my mind just went blank. Holy crap. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, the only thing I say about it is like, I've seen, I've seen a band live that actually performed at the White House and I wasn't expecting them to, mm-hmm. but they did. Um, uh, All Cows Eat Grass. Yeah. They performed at the White House mm-hmm. and, and then they're playing at the basement in East Atlanta. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, just to, I mean, he. I, I see him as a president that that appreciated art and had a lot of fun with it. And because of his appreciation of the art and what he tried to do, what he tried to accomplish, I'm sure he didn't accomplish everything he wanted to. But the the artists who performed at the White House, it wasn't. It wasn't real, like a hesitation. Like I don't know if I want to do it because I don't agree with his views. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were there are those artists out there, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a big deal to. I mean, it was a big deal to be invited to perform mm-hmm. at the White House. Um, and now it's going to be a big deal to reject going mm-hmm. to the White House. Or even at the inauguration. to perform there. Like, you're performing at the White like, House. Like, why? Why? Really? You know. But no, I was going to I mean, people he, had a problem with, like, people meeting Trump, and now you're going to perform for him, and, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But I was thinking he made, he was the first president to make a Spotify a Spotify playlist. Like, to, uh, and of course, you know, Spotify. Offered him a job. Was not around, but they did. They offered him a job, a president of playlists. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, and it said, oh, they're like, uh, requirements uh, must have run a country for eight years. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so it's like he's really been he like he was he put his musical tastes out there. Like we never had a president. Granted, Spotify wasn't around before that, but like 
you didn't have like, you know, a president putting out like a mix CD before him like, hey, these are my this is my summer mix CD or my summer songs or something like that, where it's like every Christmas he had a playlist. Every summer he had a playlist. Joe Biden, I think, put one out as well. So it's like you really had you did have a president who just appreciated the arts. And that's gonna be sorely missed. Yeah. And because possibly the National Endowment of the Arts may go away. I mean, I know people have been trying to get a, get rid of the NEA for years, mm-hmm. but and now, you know, this guy's going to do it, and he's probably going to make it a priority and it doesn't need to be, um, you know, or maybe he'll just tweet about it and and uh, that'll be getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just saying that he doesn't, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. what else do we have here? Uh, okay, so we were discussing before we started recording some movies that may be coming out this year that have to do with music. Uh, we saw I saw an article and it, it looked like it was a list of like musicians trying to produce films, <laughs> <laughs> but I got up to the part to where there are features about music. Uh, so the first one. We had, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a comedy. It looks like it will be. I think it's going to be a comedy. <laughs> I hope it's going to be funny. But um, it's going to be a movie called Patty Cakes, directed by Jeremy Jasper, who's directed videos for Florence and the Machine at Selena Gomez. And he himself wrote songs that uh, that will be featured in the film. And it's about a girl named Patty in New Jersey uh, who was actually... Um, she's played by what's her name? Danielle McDonald. She was mentored by Sky Zoo. Um, one of Eric's favorite rappers, I guess we've had on the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, he says we started really simple, almost with nursery rhyme raps. And by the end of it, she was doing Kendrick Lamar's control verse, which is one of the most complicated tongue twisters. Hmm. So <clears throat> it's going to be, about a girl who probably discovers her talent and it may sound like she's really good. <laughs> so it looks like it's, I hope it's like kind of a comedy and not too, not too serious. Something yeah. we have fun with. Um, another one that's coming out is, uh, it's called Roxanne Roxanne, uh, for all the old school hip hop heads. <laughs> we'll probably appreciate this. This is about the Roxanne wars. You know, uh, we'll look at Roxanne Shante, um, one of the first prominent female MCs, and she was just 14, and uh, how she came about. Uh, what's also interesting is that Pharrell is going to be a producer on the film, and RZA will be a producer on the soundtrack. So I don't think I, I it doesn't sound like it's going to be a TV movie. Even if it is, it still sounds like it, it, it could be good. Um, one, one that we saw that that's, it has a very interesting plot. <laughs> um, Fred Armisen, who, you know, from Saturday night live and, and Portlandia, uh, he is playing, he is a former drummer, I guess, uh, for, like as a musician, um, he will play a drummer as the neighbor of a sparring couple who form a band in a desperate attempt to save their marriage. Yeah, and that is called it's called Band Aid. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that is. It sounds so weird, but I I, I feel like it's going to be one of those um, 
quirky movies. Oh, I was going to say it's fun. definitely going to be quirky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of documentaries coming out. One's called Give Me Future, uh, which is about future. No, it's not about future. Uh, <laughs> not uh, Major Lazer. Last year was one of the was the first major American act to perform in Cuba since diplomatic relations were restored, and uh, there's a moment in which he plays the song "Lean On" in the middle of Havana, oh, nice. and uh, half a million Cubans go crazy. So they like that stuff too, huh? I'm I'm totally kidding. We got song we got a. We got a movie called Tokyo Idols, which is about the young female pop idols in Japan and how it's an obsession and people love it. And we look through the eyes of an aspiring idol named Riri and her legions of followers hmm. known as Brothers. Why does every fan okay. base have to have a name? I don't know. I don't know. As an identifier. I guess. I guess. Um. So, uh, okay, we got another one called Long Strange Trip, which is about a filmmaker who's been chasing his dream project for 15 years, which is to make an epic four-hour documentary about the Grateful Dead. And that it is executive produced by Martin Scorsese. So those are a few music films to look forward to this year. Um. I, I think that's all we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't really think of anything else. Um, the number one album on Billboard is still Starboy. Uh, yeah. No surprise there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Well, I mean, I can tell you that, you know, um, you know, Fantagram is coming back to Atlanta in March and I'm going to go see them at the Tabernacle. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and um, I need to get some shows for this year. There's one band I want to see: Don Bracco and Against the Current. They're coming to the Masquerade, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to see them. So, yeah. So, um, uh, also, if you email us, tell if you you know have different concert experiences that you want to share with us. Um, you know, I they, it doesn't have to be to the level of standing in Centennial Olympic Park for five or six hours <laughs> or being in a mosh pit at the masquerade for five or six hours. It doesn't have to be like that, but, you know, something you enjoyed about concerts. I low-key want to experience a mosh pit just to see what it's like, but I'm terrified. I am terrified. It it hurts. Oh, you've been in one? Well, at when I went to see Charles Gambino, oh, someone, oh, that was a mosh pit. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, then I'll need it. <laughs> Um. All right, so uh, I guess we'll go ahead and get to Ben's Earworm of the Week. What do you got? All right, the name of the band is Taken by Cars. The name of the song is Fast, and it's 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 abbreviated like F.A.S.T. Apparently it means first and second time. Okay. Yeah. And uh, where'd you first hear this song? Oh, I have, uh, of course, Spotify sponsors to thank for this. Um, it was on my <laughs> Discover playlist. And um, I'd, I'd never heard of this group. They're Philippine. They're from the Philippines, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think Mars Miranda, who is featured on the track, is like an EDM DJ, but I don't know what he did on the track. Like, I even watched a live performance of it yesterday, and I still don't know what he did on the track. Like, I, I don't know if maybe he does the piano samples at the beginning or what, but like... 
Like all you see is like the members of the band playing the song and um, I, I don't know what Mars Miranda did. I just know I effing love this song. And I just said effing, I know, I know. But I love this song. We're, we're allowed to use profanities. Profanities. <laughs> I thank Ashley Peterson for that, who got me into, who got me into using effing if she's out there. Hi. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's on her. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Well, at least you don't type effing. Do you type effing when you, like, make a Facebook status or something? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Now, I mean, this this is this is major, Ben, because now I have to consider <laughs> if I trust you or not. I mean, like, I don't trust people who type LMBO. Yeah, I had to. I didn't know what that meant the first time I saw that. <laughs> I was like, you're in limbo? Like, you're, that's what I thought that meant. <laughs> I was like, you're not having to actually say ass when you type LMAO. <laughs> like, you, you don't have to say it. You, you don't. Yeah, so effing stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, Uh, this is um, F-A-S-T, Fast, by Taken by Cars. (laughs) And we'll be right back. First and second time by Taken by Cars featuring Mars Miranda. And you can find that on our BTT White T Earworms playlist on Spotify. Sponsor us. <laughs> they, I mean, they give me so many good songs. <laughs> um, while, we, uh, while the song was playing, we were looking at the NBA All-Star starters. 
I was hoping for Zaza to, to yeah, to me too. To when start. I saw that he had as many votes as like Kawhi Leonard, I was like, hey, you go, you go, boy. You go. <laughs> I was hoping he'd make it, but uh, it doesn't look like he's gonna. He he was not named the starter, unfortunately. Were pe- was that like a part of the like trolling or something, or did or does he have yeah, that many fans in San Francisco? <laughs> I think that was one trolling. Uh, to his home country voting for him mm. multiple times. Okay. But that's why, like, the players get 25% of the vote. Gotcha. And the media get the other 25%. Because you'd have Zaza. I think that was because up. Carmelo just kept getting voted in. Like, the Knicks are sorry. How does he keep getting in? Or Allen Iverson in the mid-2000s. Al- yeah. When he was with Detroit. Yeah. And he was coming off the bench. He was named to start. Okay. Enough yeah. about basketball. Um can't tell we're avid sports fans if you yes. can't tell. <laughs> um i'm trying to find uh the guy who liked our our most recent post um here we go i, I gotta find his page um uh, our in, indie instagrammer of the week is hot man all right uh and I'm having a difficult time trying to find his <laughs> trying to find his EP here. Uh, let's see where I can find it. Maybe it was so fire it burned down. Yeah, possibly. Okay, I got to go to his uh, to his website here. It's on Beatport. Okay, okay. Never heard of that one. That's a new one. Um, I've heard of it. I thought it was one of those uh, things where you download a where you you like mix music live or something i mm-hmm. thought it was a software program maybe i'm thinking of something else i gotcha but uh okay let me just a moment to pull up his uh <clears throat> okay there we go all right so hot man <laughs> sorry i can't get over that name hot man <laughs> Well, it has it has one of those things over the letter A, mm-hmm. not a tilde. It's more like a, um, it's like a Is upside a- down V, kind of like that, shaped like that. Oh, okay. Over the A. Hot maybe. That's how, o- it's over the A. How's it spelled? H O. It's spelled like hot man. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um. Hot main. It looks his genre is listed as deep house. Deep house. I didn't know that was a genre. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna play. Uh, let's see if we can play the original mix of a song called Hertz. All right. So uh, this is Hot Man. We'll probably only get a sample because you have to buy it. Okay. <laughs> On from Beatport, but. Uh, Let's see how that sounds.
I don't expect there to be any lyrics to that. No, yeah, that was. I'm not gonna lie, that was a bit of an assault on the ears. Um, the the wind chime sounding. There was some. Is that what those were? Wind chimes. I don't know if there was wind chimes or like uh, someone like clapping glass bottles. It sounded like when you drop like a, a metal rod on the ground. <laughs> That's what it kind of sounded like to me. Like dropping it on the on like a parking lot surface. Um, I mean, granted, I'm not the best at um, at critiquing Deep House. I've never heard of Deep House. I I, I like house music. Um, it's actually the only type of EDM that I really like. <laughs> but um, I didn't really know what to make of this. It was, I mean, I guess that's why it's Deep House. I mean, it was very, I don't know, man. It just felt deep. It just felt like, it just felt it, heavy. It, it makes you think like and philosophize. <laughs> like it felt heavy. Like if, if like house music is pop, this was heavy metal. Like this was just like, in a, it was a, there was a lot going on. And, and no words. And no singing. Which I can, I mean, that's. It was. It is what it is. But yeah, that was just very. It was very aggressive. That's the word I'm looking for. Aggressive <laughs> and abrasive. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Hot Man, for liking our post <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, if you want to follow Hot Man, he is at Hot Man Music on Instagram. And uh, if you want to check out more of his music, search him on Beatport.com. And uh, if you want to support him, he has music available for purchase. Yeah, if you're in the deep house, support him. If you're in the deep house. Yeah, he's. He, I'm, I'm sure what he's doing is good for what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody likes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying we don't. Uh, I, you just, we just don't get it. Yeah. But, hey, there's music that we like that other people don't understand. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we started off the show with some Rick Rolling. An old internet joke, um, and the, dude, people still work roll. Yeah, people, this yeah, day. people still do it. <laughs> and you'll you'll get tricked by something like it'll be some. You have to be like salacious with your video title on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Has to be salacious, like Justin Bieber sex tape, and you click on it, and it's you know. No, do 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 do. Okay. <laughs> So uh, it still gets done with the Rick rolling, but um, it's it's still a goodie. <laughs> yeah, yeah every once in a while you Rick rolls somebody and and uh, it's you know you get a kick out of it. <laughs> Did that song get chosen? <laughs> I yeah, I wanted to, like how did that start with the Rick rolling? I mean, it started with Four Chan. But I don't know how the song like like what what led to that song. Yeah, <laughs> I don't it. know. Um. So yeah, that would be. I don't know if that's something we should explore right now or or later or whatever. But the reason why that song was chosen is because of the guys that wrote the song: mm-hmm. Stock, Aiken, and Waterman. The Hit Factory. Um, they're a, a trio of songwriters based out of the UK, and. Uh, you know, I, I I I wanted to do this topic because you know I saw the documentary, uh, the BBC documentary about these guys, and really between, I guess you say between eighty four to like the early nineties, maybe ninety two, ninety three, mm-hmm. they kind of ruled the charts in the UK. Yeah, uh, Mike Stock, Matt Aitken, Peter Waterman, uh, known as the Hit Factory. 
uh, their their sound has been described as um, you know it's a high energy but high dash NRG mm-hmm. uh, with Motown inspired lyrics and, and uh, a production st- well not production style isn't like electronic but like um, a production style isn't how they did it too so right yeah yeah th- well that that's also <laughs> Motown <laughs> influence a little bit yeah. And their melodies were inspired by Italian disco. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be like the late 70s, early 80s dance music. Um, if you listen to somebody like, uh, there's a group called Change, but one of their songs is probably more just associated with Luther Vandross because he sang the vocals, mm-hmm. uh, The Glow of Love. Okay. Yeah. That's by Change. That That's Italian disco. Mm. That, that would be an Italian disco example. Um and it was also considered, it was also called Eurobeat. Yeah. This style of music that was Stock Aiken Waterman. So um, uh, these guys started as um, uh, Peter Waterman asked Mike Stock and Matt Aiken to work with him on a, to help him form a production company. And they wanted to create dance music. Uh, Started off with a song called You Think You're a Man by Divine. Uh, Divine, who people may, in the States, may know more as um, uh, the mom from Hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you've seen Pink Flamingos, I have not seen it. I know what happens in it. I don't need to see Pink Flamingos. I've never heard of it. It's, yeah. People, you can look that up. Take your your word for that. (laughs) You can look up Pink Flamingos. And watch it and, and, you know, at your own risk. Um, and they also did a song called Wherever I Do. I think it's also parenthesis Wherever I Go by Hazel Dean. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, that w- those two were, were top 20 hits in the UK, I think. Hazel Dean was top five. Yeah, hit number four, I believe. Yeah. And uh, they got together. They started making music. Their first number one single in the UK was This Little Ditty. Oh, yeah. This that Flo Rida jam. I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Flo Rida would later sample this song. Yeah. Uh, or if anyone who's seen The Wedding Singer, this is how the movie begins. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. And with this, with this song, I mean, you could look at, I mean, you could play Hazel Dean. I'll give you an example of that. But you hear this song, if you're cynical like I am, I don't know how cynical you are, Ben. But it's like if you've heard this stock aching and Waterman song, you've heard all the stock aching and Waterman song. For the most part, I will say drum wise, yes, you've heard them all because they did not get very far away from. The way in which their drum sounded, um, which is when, you know, when you brought this topic up, because I didn't, at the time, I didn't know them by name, but I knew the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, instantly, when they were like, Rick Astley, never going to give you up, I was like, oh, yeah, it sounded like 10 other large hits from the 80s <laughs> <laughs> that I liked. I was like, oh, yeah, them, okay. I, I, I mean, like, it just kind of made sense that they were, you know, they were doing this all, they were producing all of these songs. So, and I mean, honestly, that goes for some of the people who are like, all music today sounds alike. All music back then sounded alike. Like, <laughs> there's all there are different periods of time 
where if there's one uh, type of music or record label yeah dominating the charts it's all going to sound very similar uh-huh like they're, they're giving the people what they want yeah you know it's not the songwriter's fault no <laughs> and i mean and the thing about them the more i looked into them kind of realizing who they were um they kind of seemed unapologetic about it like they oh yeah oh oh most definitely (laughs) they did not care and i mean they were raking in the money i mean they're considered (laughs) as i read here one of the most successful at doing it um and i mean like they had and i I mean honestly back then a 10-year run is probably about as good as you could get as far as like being a production team and writing and everything granted I mean, now you look at someone like Max Martin, who's been at it for longer. But I mean, Max Martin was almost dead in the water till he found Doctor Luke. So, and I mean, with 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 this song with Dead or Alive, yeah, they were in, they were on the, they were at the bottom pretty yeah. much. And then, uh, you know, you spin me around comes out. It's the number. It's their first number one hit together, mm-hmm. and they got something going. Um, you know, there's some people that they put on the they put on the map. You know, I mean, it kind of started with Dead or Alive, yeah. Uh, with them all working together, another group that they're associated with uh, putting on the map is Banana Rama. Mm-hmm. Now, even though they didn't write this song, they produced it, and when you hear it, you know, yeah, you know this is you, <laughs> you know this is a Hit Factory song. And the crazy thing about it is, like, you know, other than maybe at the time it was well known that it was a cover. But as it's gotten older, I mean, this is one of those instances where the cover has overtaken the original. Oh, yeah. Um, everyone knows this one. And I mean, like, it's like, like, you can just hear it in the drums. Like, it's just, that's that hit factory. <laughs> one of their, one of their, uh, I think it's called a Lin. Yeah. A Lin drum. Yeah. Lin drum machine. He, the, like, they used it all the time. It was one of their, they, they started jokingly crediting a dot Lynn yeah. as a songwriter. <laughs> yeah, like you could hear it. Like it's just it's very syncopated. You can you can hear the disco influences. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, and they had records before this one too. This just like this was their big. Well, yeah, yeah. like uh, PWL, the record label mm-hmm. with stock Aiken. They didn't do Cruel Summer. No, this was after that. Yeah, but this put them. As far as I'm concerned, this put Banana Rama on the map. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so. yeah, Cruel Summer was featured in the Karate Kid, but people forgot about them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> until this came out. Because I mean, like they did that, and they did this entire album, and it was, if I remember correctly, yeah. their biggest album, their the most successful album. Uh, right. I think it's called. Um, oh man, I can't remember the name of the album. Love in the first degree, or that was another song. I think uh, this is at home. No, no, wait, never mind. That's uh, my bad. Wow, is it, it, it Wow? Well, Wow is was one of their albums. This song wasn't on there. This song was on uh, something before Wow. True Confessions. Yeah, there we go. It took me a while to get there. But uh, yeah, which was their yeah. third album? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's another, another, um, a group that they put on the map, um, the, in producing a song, you know, they, they took kind of a psychedelic, 
yeah. rock song and put it in the club, in the nightclubs. I mean, it sounds <laughs> you know? nothing like... Nothing like the original. Like no, I went no. back, which I like the original, but like yeah, it sounded nothing like the original. <laughs> no, um, and you know, with sub, there are subsequent covers of songs that they did that they produced mm-hmm. that they. I think they were. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to catch Venus again. They're trying to catch that Lightning success of that yeah. because Venus that their version of Venus did reach number one in America in nineteen eighty six. Mm-hmm. And then top ten in the UK and a lot of other countries. So they were trying to, they were trying to catch that. Um, I, I got some covers like we can play a little bit in a in a bit uh, to like wow really I mean it's like they were trying to still chase that success. Um, so yeah, there was you know they put Banana Rama on the on the map, and uh, as mentioned before, you know. They had the Motown approach to where, like with Barry Gordy, it was the um, he took you know what he from working at the Ford plant, I think it was, yeah, uh, taking some elements of that and putting that into the record company, the Hit Factory, well, PWL, <laughs> SAW, whichever you want to call them. They kind of took the same approach uh, with making their music. Um, you can see, you know, it's been described as synth pop with, you know, get a good looking person who mm-hmm. can carry a tune at least yeah. a little bit. Um, they they wrote all they wrote the songs. Uh, Hazel Dean, Dead or Alive, Bananarama, they would write sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> if they could get it, was more like if they could get a word in, really. <laughs> I feel like, you know, um, you know, they would use synthesizers, drum machines, specifically the Lindrum, as we mentioned, uh, sequencers. Um, I'm I'm not familiar with using a sequencer, but I feel like it's probably like a more more things to do than if you're putting together something you while you're using GarageBand or Fruity Loops. Yeah, I mean, that's, something that's, like that's that. That's what those are. That's what that's what a sequencer is basically is like a digital. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what they were like back in the '80s, but I mean, like things like Logic, Fruity Loops, those are sequencers, basically. Okay, yeah. well, there you go. Um, and then once they put all that together, then they bring the singer in to do the vocal track. Mm-hmm. That was the last part. That was, of the, that's the last part of the song. Um. So. Uh, um. They uh, let's see what they and I'm seeing here one of the um, I wanted yeah. to check because I had an idea that it might have been. But the locomotion by Kylie Minogue. Yeah. OK. An- another cover that Stockman. That, why can't I say the names that S.A.W. did? Um, yeah. The locomotion. Yeah. I remember that track. Not, of course, like not when it came out. I was four. But now th- now this is another. This was a successful cover. Uh huh. But it's the same thing they did with Venus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got a, like the same. All right, let's speed it up. Yeah. Uh, let's put this drum on there. Oh, they put they got saxophone in there. Mm-hmm. So they they you know maybe thought they were mixing it up. Uh, <laughs> and they love their like that bass, that synth bass in there. It sounds like a, the, I think it's like the wasp bass. Some people call it or like the buzzsaw bass. Oh, they love that. <laughs> yeah. 
But I mean, like you were saying beforehand, like they created, they kind of created Kylie Minogue. Like they, you know, were heavily oh, yeah. involved in her first record. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe they did. Yeah, they did the, in all the production. Yeah, it's like Aikman and Waterman. They did the, all the production on that first album. Uh, probably her first few albums. <laughs> they, yeah. they did. They did everything. They wrote the songs. They were even. She was even on their it. label. Yeah, PL, PL, yeah. PL, she was yes. on the label. And um, you know, she was a soap opera actress. Yeah. And they bring her along, and they also get Jason Donovan, another soap opera actor, not as known in America as much as Kylie Minogue was. Mm-hmm. But like I was telling Ben, they were kind of like a Justin Brittany um, kind of uh, duo to where okay, you got uh, all their all their songs. They're on TV. They got all these fans. Uh, specifically teenage girls yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they were superstars in the UK yeah. uh, I'll play something by Jason Donovan uh, yeah they they did her first four albums yeah <laughs> yeah her first four albums I feel all, like we just played the same song. They all sound. <laughs> this is too many broken hearts by Jason Donovan. Power to them, like. <laughs> Man, it, you you can't get away with this today. Nah, and you can not, have not to this level. You can have similar elements, like we had an episode about the Neptunes. They had similar elements. They were being minimal. Yeah. You know, they had a they had a style. Yeah, but. It didn't sound that it was a sound that was recognizable, a yeah. style rec- that was recognizable, but it didn't really sound too similar to mm-hmm. all their other stuff. But you this is a different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no record company would hire you, hire you. Like you could you could get one song, and then that next one came out sounding like the same song. They're like, hey man, you got something else? Like, <laughs> are you a one trick pony? But. Power to them. So, um, um, and sometimes they would interchange artists. Like, there's a song, uh, well, Rick Astley, a guy they put, another guy they put on the map. One of his songs on that album was a, a song they produced earlier for another artist, but they, and then they put it on his album, and then it was the title of the album, Whenever You Need Somebody. Mm. Um, and even the the club mix, quote unquote, club mix of the song was the exact same thing. It was just with Rick's vocals instead of the other guy. <laughs> so, uh, they yeah, you know they they didn't care. Um, no, they did not. No, but you know, even though they had these hits in the UK and they were popular songs, and the artists were becoming popular, they were not uh, averse to criticism. Uh, the Guardian newspaper in the UK called them schlock, aimless, and watered down. I love that one. <laughs> I, I when I read that, I loved that. <laughs> um, and uh, some shows in the UK made fun. They made fun of Kylie Minogue. Um, I can't remember the name of her of this of uh, the parody song they made, but uh, you know they uh, a lot of people didn't 
like that all these songs were dominating on the radio and then some DJs would stop playing it and then you get a song a one hit wonder by the Reynolds girls called I'd rather Jack I played this song before we started and Ben wasn't impressed by it it's so cheesy it's it's, it's cheese and it's got like such a corny dance but <laughs> they look like they they look like they got it from the um david bowie and um mick jagger video for dancing in the streets so i guess i can't be too mad yeah so um so with this song this was a this was a shot at the DJs who didn't want to play the dance music. You know, one alerts they never play the songs we know. What happens to the radio? They never play the songs we know. Yeah. Golden oldies, Rolling Stones. We don't want them back. I'd rather Jack. Yeah. Then Fleet with Mac. <laughs> oh my God! And then they do the corny dance. And then yeah. So uh, check out the video. I'll try to post it on our on our page or on Instagram to give you an idea of this cheesy dance. Yeah. Um, but this ended up being this was a hit song mm-hmm. in the UK, but there was a lot of backlash to it because okay, you're dissing the the radio stations, mm-hmm. and this was a time where you you still needed the radio stations yeah. to to have some kind of success. Um, my god how things have changed <laughs> yeah. and this ended up being for the Reynolds girls their only single and it wasn't their fault they didn't write the song no and like as we described how the songs were made they just came in and saw the lyrics like okay yeah we got we're, this. we're gonna we got we got a hit song yeah we're gonna make some money mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what they're doing now hope they saved it <laughs> this is 1989 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll stop the suffering. We probably just gave them a few bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they they get money for street. What? How much do they get? Probably nothing. I mean, this this if this was done in 1989, I guarantee you there probably wasn't. They didn't have anything worked out really good for mechanical royalties outside of radio. Um. So like, um, I know there's a big thing, and this is a little off topic, but it was there's a big thing like maybe a little over ten years ago or something. We were still in school. Um, where the recording industry wanted to rework mechanical royalties because they didn't foresee YouTube and satellite radio and things like that, mm-hmm. and there was nothing worked out for it. So, like, it was really hitting musicians hard because they had nothing. Um, artists were getting a little bit of something, but, like, it was kind of like how when you had the writer's strike, um, the writers wanted a bigger piece of pie for DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that because they got screwed over on VHS because they were told, oh, VHS won't be big. It'll be nothing. So, yeah, <laughs> you know that, that reminds me of um, I had a uh, shout out to Mr. Van Cross Creek High School. Uh, I had an economics class in high school, mm-hmm. and he he taught economics. He's a businessman. Yeah, um, he's also the wrestling coach. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he he owned a video store, mm-hmm. uh, and. He thought that, and this was at the time where VHS and Betamax were kind of oh, battling it out, kind of battling out. And he was like, "Who's gonna go with this VHS? It's like <laughs> thick and bulky. Like Betamax, it's like small and you know, 
you can it's easy to like carry around mm-hmm. you know this this is the future Betamax is the future <laughs> so in his video store and when I say video store like for people who remember I, I don't know how young our audience may be but once upon a time before Redbox <laughs> <laughs> so this was like a, a, a blockbuster but you know or Videodrome if you're in Little Five. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but his store sold exclusively Betamax. And he shortly thereafter went out of business. Aww. But that's <laughs> what uh, that reminded me of. Uh, uh, I always like that story because, you know, he's telling this, you know, in the early 2000s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're all just looking at him like, <laughs> like, how? Like, how did you think Betamax... And half the class don't even know what Betamax is. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, it would have made it funner if it was if it was Laserdisc. Too. I was going to say, like, did he invest in that too? Like, <laughs> he thought about it at least. I think. Oh god. <laughs> but um, but with uh, thrashing the the radio stations, you know, people are going to take offense to that. So that kind of railroaded the potential careers of the Reynolds girls. Um, who knows how many other cheesy dances oh, would man. have had. <laughs> um, I could have brought back the twist. <laughs> <laughs> um, another uh, artist that they put on the map. Um, and well, not that because of like anything that the songwriters did, but it was kind of just like, um, kind of like life happening. I thought if you see these two perform together, they only made one album together, maybe a couple of other, a couple of other singles, but Mel and Kim, they were sisters, I believe. And they had a song called, um, one of the first things I heard about them by was respectable. And the way that they dressed it, like the fashion, everything, they mm-hmm. were probably had the potential to be like the epitome of cool black, pop stars um i'll play with their song respect i don't think here. i'm familiar with them i'm looking them up right now uh just seemed like the way they dress like fashion wise like they were like they seem to be like really cool oh okay This is one of my favorite songs that the, that these guys wrote okay. for them. And having fun with that, <laughs> with, the, with the with changing the vocal speech and everything. But uh, it was Mel and Tim, and um, I believe that. Uh, Mel, it was Mel, Melanie and Kim Appleby. Uh, Mel, uh, the song came out with like 1986, yeah. And uh, Mel, Melanie had diagnosed with cancer, yeah, and she died in 1990, uh, before another like major album was able to deal with it or anything like that. So, um that was more one of the, I guess, a, a, a tragedy, but something that, you know, it had nothing to do with, like, the music or anything. Yeah. But after hearing some of their songs, it was like, wow, they could have been, like, 
Yeah, they probably could have been pretty big. They're, yeah, I think so. Um, so, and they had an album, uh, their album's called FLM, which stood for Fun, Love, Money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, um, well, we talked about like, how Kylie, they put Kylie Minogue on the map mm-hmm. and made her a star. Um, they put Rick Astley on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, what was weird to me is like, <laughs> I'm going to see if I could, if I could cue it up right. I'm going to play two, two songs and, um, well, we already started with one, like. I have a feeling about what you're going to play. These are two different songs. I'm just clicking back yeah. and forth between them. And I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, you know, they. That's that Motown drum riff. <laughs> only with a, a Lynn drum. <laughs> a Lynn. <laughs> A dot Lynn. Um, but that was one of the first things to where, you know, looking into, into talking about this and then watching the documentary, like how did they get away with this for so long? <laughs> <laughs> they got away with this for because so people long. People just want to dance, man. Like the eighties, people just want to dance. That's all they want to do. Um, uh, and at first the, the record label PWL, you know, the music papers, um, and the thing, the reason kind of like why I'm interested in how, uh, music, music in the UK, uh, because it was, it just seemed like it was a different system. People looked at it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say they took it more seriously or they had more fun with it than Americans or whatever. But, um, with PWL at first, it looked like it was, oh, this is this fresh sound, mm-hmm. you know, that's, uh, that has this pop appeal. But then they started getting bad reviews. Um, uh, um, when they, you've heard the song "Pump Up the Volume" by Mars, mm-hmm. and they got into a, a legal disagreement, I guess you'd say, uh, because they sampled the song "Roadblock" by Stock Aikman Waterman, like they, the, like they were artists mm-hmm. in this regard, and. Uh, and then Pete Waterman was in the news calling it wholesale theft and uh, the press kind of went against him or, and they, how he sampled the baseline of a Colonel Abrams song. Um, let's see if we can figure this out. So <laughs> we played never going to give you up. We'll play a little bit of that here. And what I'm going to pull up is the song that was, that they allegedly sampled by Colonel Abrams. So we're pay attention to the baseline here. We're gonna get to the chorus and then we'll play uh, the song, the Colonel Abrams song. Okay, so you got that. All right, so we're going to play the song Trap by Colonel Abrams. Let's see how that sounds. 
Oh, I totally hear it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Alright, bad example but they're just hating on them <laughs> i don't want to let you down but they they are they you know they they have done this to where i clearly heard it so yeah we're gonna take another rick astley song <laughs> <laughs> um make sure i have the right title it is called oh for fans of rick astley he's gonna be at center stage on february 9th um I might go. This is a song called Take Me to Your Heart. Listen to the the, the synth melody. Now fans of Detroit Techno may know what song it sounds like already, but we'll let everyone else know. <laughs> so it's like that. Dun, 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 that part. All right. Okay, remember that part. So, we're going to go to a song by Detroit Techno Legends, Inner City. And they have a song called Big Fun. I wouldn't say it's a ripoff, but very similar. Yeah. Um, it was enough to where they um, it became a a thing. A thing. Okay. <laughs> but I could hear where they. I could see where they would. I mean, it's it's enough. I, I can. It'd be hard to deny that like they sound similar. I think. I think it was enough to where. On a remix of the Rick Ashley song, mm-hmm. they used Big Fun as like as a re- as part of the remix. Interesting. So it was it, it was enough. Play the Rick Ashley track again. All right.
Okay, I can hear it there in the verses more than you hear it in the chorus. Okay, this is a good song too. <laughs> <laughs> this was on the second album. Oh man, <laughs> no duds. <laughs> What's like I like how we mentioned before that they they tried to chase covers, mm-hmm. uh, trying to chase Venus or or locomotion. They did they did put this on Rick Astley's album. I don't know if it sounds the same, but I, it's got to be the same song. Laughing, but I don't. I don't recognize it yet. Give it a second. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to no. let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean oh that much to me. And you got to beg. And I'm just seeing Rick in the studio, like. He's probably getting down. Like, this is probably what he grew up on. Like, this is probably... <laughs> they didn't have to convince him. Oh, my God. Yeah, that sounds... I mean, I, I dig the way it sounds, but wow. Like, it's... He had to beg to do that so song. <laughs> different. Like, it sounds so... What year did this come out? Because it sounds so early 90s. That was 1988. That was 1988. Okay, it sounds... It just sounds very... Yeah. So... Um, PWL also dealt with some, you know, some, some, some thievery. Mm. Um, and, uh, how was that resolved? Because they, some people like, okay, if they sampled the baseline from Colonel Abrams trap, which we didn't hear, but it's probably the wrong version <laughs> to reference that, uh, their song roadblock may have been sampling, uh, pick up the pieces by the average white band. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, and Waterman said it was a matter of principle rather than profit <laughs> <laughs> and promised to donate all royalties to charity. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, sir. <laughs> sure. Um, so they're still turning out all these hits. Uh, um, another, an artist that was, um, no, who knew what to do with her? She ended up going to them, and she had another hit. Um, I wonder if you've heard this one, Ben. Not Rick Astley. It's, <laughs> it's not a Rick Astley song, but very familiar drums. Have you heard this one? I'm, I'm listening. I don't think I have. Though. Let me hear some vocals. Oh, that hand clap. What would I have to do Who's this? This is Donna Summer. This is Donna Summer? Yeah. Oh, man. This is from uh, 1989. This was like a top five in America, I think. I got to brush up a model disco. Let me check the, the charts on this. this okay, is, the chorus sounds familiar. It was number seven in America. Okay. And then in the UK, it was number three. So 
She even got a hit out of them. Yeah. Man. Just that sound. And it was it was her trying to find another collaborator because she was no longer worth working with Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. And um Yeah. So she got a hit out of him. So I'm guessing they didn't do anything else after this then, it seems like. No. After after the album. They did the album with her, but nothing else really after that. Yeah, this that. was not one of the long um, relationships about uh, that I read that they had. Because, I mean, there were several artists that they had them. I mean, some that we talked about. the Hazel Dean, Bananarama, Kylie Minogue. I'm, I mean, I wonder if that was their longest, the Kylie Minogue one. Rick Kylie Minogue is, is, is clearly the longest. Uh, yeah, as they got into the 90s, yeah. it was a lot of... Um, they try to get some some boy bands. Uh, there's one called Brother Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Boy Crazy too. Boy, I know uh, that was a female group called Boy Crazy. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I know. Okay. okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, they had another group called a group called Big Fun. Yeah. Where I was trying to find them on Spotify, they weren't on there. So this won't be on the list. But uh, I'll give I'll while I search for it I'll um I'll try to set it up here. So as I said, they're chasing these covers, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, big fun. It's three guys, and uh, it's three guys. And the the version the 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 perfor- the video that I found it's them performing on top of the pops. Okay. And it was their first performance and this is the song that they covered This is 1989. Oh, God. God. All I could hear until I heard Blame on the Boogie, I was like, this is... Like, all you can hear is, like, like their vocals are so low. All I can hear is, like, girls screaming in the the doo-doo-doo-doo. That... Yeah. I got that. Um, and there's another song that they did. Did they release this as a single too? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. All right, we got an ad playing. This is YouTube, but hey, it happens. All right. Oh, you know, it sounds like one of their songs, right? So they just <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you said this was 89 too? Yeah. 
Same album? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, let's no. do this to a Carol King song. Sure. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> well, I mean, they'd done one before. I mean, Locomotion was a Carol King written song, so I mean, maybe they really liked her. <laughs> let's put our, we can make our sound work with anything. Basically. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, you have to search for Big Fun on, on YouTube. Their stuff isn't on Spotify, at least not not those songs. So, um, <laughs> so he's got that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man. Um, uh, oh, they they're look s- weird. Huh. <laughs> I found it. Have you seen their I'm, – I'm, I'm assuming you've seen their album cover. Yeah. Yeah, that's so – Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, hey, you know, it was, uh, the, it was the 90s, the 80s. They're also producers on Do They Know It's Christmas. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, but their sound became no longer popular. I think it's like with with house music, I guess, uh, the the techno music that became popular in America and through Europe, um, acts like Black Box and mm-hmm. C&C Music Factory, that music becoming popular kind of pushed you know, the, the hit factory to the side. And when they couldn't, um, Kylie Minogue, you know, was discovering herself, her sexual self. Yeah. And, and left them. Jason Donovan had left them. Um, so that was kind of the end for them and they, and they closed up shop. Um, so yeah. Um, with, uh, from what you've read or or seen or or the music that you've listened to mm-hmm. um what's your lasting impression of these guys pop and i say that <laughs> not because it's an easy answer but like when you listen to like with a when you listen to 80s pop that's what you that's kind of what you hear like i mean like those that it was the quintessential 80s sound Tons of synth, um, very simple, very carefree, um, and so I don't. That's why I don't think it was a big surprise. So I mean, not of course not you know the hair metal of the eighties or anything like, but like straight up like pop music. Um, that's what I associate with their sound. Like when I hear their sound, I think of like they kind of define the sound of the eighties. I think at least. Yeah, I think as far as as far as pop music goes, mm-hmm. you know, you have to. If you're looking for good pop music, yeah, you'll find them. If you want to yeah. annoy someone with pop music, yeah, you you'll, know, find, you'll them, find them. Yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> and it's just so yeah. so synth heavy, like not a live instrument in in the bunch. Like, well, there's one of those songs had a saxophone in it. Are we sure that was an actual <laughs> saxophone? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> synth wasn't that complicated. Allegedly, there was a saxophone. <laughs> but like, it's just like so. It was. I mean, and and I say that like that's a bad thing, but I love that. I I love how pop. And how overly produced the music was. I like overproduction. That's just my thing. Some people don't like it. You know, they can kick rocks. Um, so I, I like it. Like to me, it's and it's kind of a shame that they weren't able to keep it going. And I guess that's kind of where it comes with their their hit factory approach. They just it didn't seem like they really had any interest in evolving to like, you know, when the 90s came around. All right. Well, this is what's hot now. Let's get in the studio and try to make that. 
you know, they just didn't seem to want to do that. So, yeah, um, uh, not not evolving um, yeah. kind of did them in and not um, and not. Well, you know, along with not evolving, not expanding on their range, mm-hmm. you know, they felt like, hey, what we're doing is working. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep doing that. And when it came time to when, you know, the one trick pony had to do another trick, <laughs> like they couldn't couldn't do another trick. And it was just like, all right, well, bye. You know? <laughs> it's like you can get other people. So, um, you know, but they had they had an incredible run. I mean, it, I it, the thing that's weird to me is that they got away with what they were doing for, for so as long, long as they did. Yeah. Um, and not expanding. So. That's that's the interesting part to me, but I do agree with you. Like it's this is pop music. If you want to talk to someone, if you want to show someone what pop music was, play one of their songs. Play one of their songs. Yeah, and it may annoy it may annoy somebody after a few minutes, but <laughs> you know that doesn't mean you're any less wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, you can find our playlist. I mean, you could type in Stock, Aiken, Waterman, and you'll find other people's playlists. But ours has specific art for it, as mm-hmm. all of our playlists do that um, that we make for this show, for our podcast. So you can search that on Spotify, B-T-T-Y-H-T, Stock, Aiken, and Waterman. Shout out to Greg there for the artwork. Oh, yeah. Thank I appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> um, took me... 20 seconds. Uh, <laughs> Just take the damn compliment. Like. <laughs> um, I'm, no, no, like, thank you for, for recognizing my, my hard work and effort. Hey, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> for those 20 seconds. <laughs> you should put, you should get on Fiverr and do those things and just. Yeah. Like I, I, I see like uh, you could do, um, people will make a podcast logo and I look at them and I'm like, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I made hours, <laughs> so I can make a podcast you it. for you. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to set that up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make podcast logos for people. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. I, I think I, as of right now, I mean, you know, I know people have their ways of trying to find some TV programming other than their television. Mm-hmm. So I watched the BBC documentary on YouTube. Uh, type in BBC hit factory. It's about an hour long, maybe like probably maybe 48 minutes. Yeah. It's not, it's not very long. Um, and check it out. They kind of get you the, the meat and potatoes of it, of, of what, of their work. And, uh, you just listen to it like this is insane because it's it's people coming out of nowhere to become pop stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did on our list. You can listen to their songs on our list. There's a song with um, they work with Latoya Jackson. Yeah, I saw that. That album went no, none of her albums went anywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they have a song with Laura Branigan. Uh, they had a song on the Who's That Girl soundtrack, the Madonna movie. Um. They work with Samantha Fox. Um, and there was another list that I, I kind of got some of these from. They also work with Steps. Remember really? Steps? Yeah. Yeah. So they work with them too. So 
there's another list that has like it has over 300 songs on it like i'm let me just get like the the ones i have time to listen to and i think are at least decent <laughs> so um that's going to do it for our discussion on stock aiken waterman and uh before we end the show we can get to my earworm of the week what you got greg now, uh, this is an artist I've never played on this show before, and I don't think I've even mentioned him, but I've seen his band twice, <laughs> uh, once at the Variety Playhouse and once at the Georgia Theater Is that in a good Athens. venue, the Variety Playhouse? That a good theater? It's pretty good. It's kind of awkward because there's seating, but then there's a huge like standing area near the front. Okay. And there's a there's a balcony, but they're not going to get all the popular acts. I mean, it's in Little Five, yeah. So <laughs> you know what kind of acts they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been to Aisle Five, which is like a hundred feet next door. <laughs> okay, um, that's another another venue on that street. But it's a it's a nice venue. But you're probably going to get a lot of like like Emmy Lou Harris and the mm-hmm. Yacht Rock Review. Well, yeah, are I know it's play not a there. big place. <laughs> I've always thought about. Checking out some shows there. I gotta. I I need. To, I mean, it needs to be somebody that I want to see though. So. But I have seen. I, I've seen this band that I'm gonna play in a second. I've seen Childish Gambino there. Okay. And Little Dragon. Oh, I bet that was a good show. That yeah. Okay. That was fun. Um. So yeah. So um. This was the first song I heard by this artist, and. Uh, media liked it, listened to the whole album, and then I went to see them live. <laughs> so this is Toro Imwa. Um, uh, may also be known as Chaz in them. Uh, <laughs> this is called Say That from their album, um, Anything in Return. And they have another album, uh, What For? And they just came out with a live album, Live from Trona which came out in August and he's doing a project with someone. I just saw the something on Instagram earlier today. So he's got some new stuff coming out this year. Um, find our list. I'm going to add it right now. So it'll be on our list as you were listening to our show. This is say that by Toro e and we'll be right back.
Say That by Toro Imwa from their album Anything in Return. Uh, the video is kind of weird too. He's just like in the middle of a forest and then he starts dancing. Um, <laughs> and then like uh, there's a scene he's like singing the lyrics. He has a microphone and a keyboard in a parking lot, like a, the park parking lot or something like that. Okay. <laughs> how do you? Well, I'll look on the list. I was like, how do you spell that? Toro e moi. Toro T O R O. E is the letter Y. Okay, so it's Spanish. It's Spanish. Okay. It means bull and me. Okay. I don't know where they got that from, but maybe they thought it sounded good. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. Um, I just rem- I just remember that I thought about doing the make it stop segment, but we'll save that for the next one. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll save that for the next one. So uh, they, you can find our podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You can find us on Instagram by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because. We're upstanding citizens. Yes. Yeah. U is for upstanding. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, the same spelling also applies to our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Totally upstanding. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still upstanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can also find our podcast. You can download it and stream it and share it to your social medias. <laughs> That's not a word. Might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Podomatic, iTunes, Satchel Podcast Player. Castbox, TuneIn Radio, mm-hmm. any of those apps, you can find us. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. We still want some feedback. Yeah, and uh, we will welcome that. Now, the next episode, hopefully, we can do this <laughs> next week. If we can find a place we, to we, watch we it, we gotta find. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta use our ways. Viacom, man, they're not playing ball, <laughs> man. Viacom, but. Uh, we're going to do our review of the new edition miniseries, the three night event. I've seen all the trailers and all the teasers and my, my hopes are up because be they, careful now, Greg. be careful. I know, man, I'm not one to get my hopes up about a lot of things, but I feel like it's going to be like the, the TV movies that I liked and I still watch are the Temptations miniseries mm-hmm. and the Jacksons in American Dream. And you're hoping for that. I'm hoping that this will join mm-hmm. those two at least. Mm-hmm. Will it be better? Well, you know, those were made 18 and 25 years ago. God, has it been that long? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, man. I, I was in second grade when that Jackson's Wayne series came out. I mean, I remember watching it with my mom and dad. So, I mean, I knew it had to be or third old grade. Yeah. I was watching grade. it with them. <laughs> so, um, yeah. It, so with technology and what we can do on cable television now, mm-hmm. I'm expecting a lot. Um, I'm, I'm expecting it to be, to be great. I don't know. Like, I, I hope it will be nominated for some Emmys or Golden Globes. That probably doesn't happen because, you know, they don't pay attention to BET like that. <laughs> it'll it'll um, get an image award. I'm sure. I mean, image awards, like, they should dominate the image awards. Yeah, it should, yeah. 
you know, with the way this has been hyped up and, you know, to, to hear about it for so long, you know, since the, I mean, it's only been a few months, but to know that it's being made, there's a lot of excitement for it. A lot of people love new edition and, uh, and Bill Biv DeVoe and, you know, and, and Ralph Tresman as a soul artist and Bobby Gil, Johnny Brown, Gill and Bobby yeah. Brown, you know, they love these, all these acts and all the offshoots of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, you know, I, there are some things that I hope that they reference otherwise, well, not, not for me to say like, oh, this is what was this all for? If you didn't talk about that, you know, <laughs> not, 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 not like that, but, um, you know, there phase on love is Maurice star. He looked sleazy. Mm-hmm. He looked super sleazy. Um, so that's going to be fun, but I wonder if this would be a reference to New Kids on the Block. I say they better get him for the New Kids on the Block movie. <laughs> you get Faze on Love. <laughs> that would be awesome. his role. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got to have a board. But I hope there's a reference to New Kids on the Block in reference to New Edition. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he just he just got a white version of us. Yeah. Um. And uh, I. I wonder if there's, I, I don't know who's playing Whitney, but there's got to be a reference to, to Whitney Houston in there. I'm sure she'll be in there. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they are, they, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that I saw had to do with like when they were on tour. So there'd be some interesting tour stories. So I hope that, I hope that's yeah. fun. I, I, maybe I shouldn't have high expectations, but. Yeah, your expectations are very high. I'm like, like compared to those two, compared to those two miniseries that vh1 seems to show every month no, it's, it's like that meme like your expectations of this movie are too damn high like it's just like <laughs> Look, i'm expecting it to be good and because the the guys themselves were involved in making it like hey this is what happened and, mm-hmm. and like this is what we you know this is how we came up with these routines or this is how this is how uh this happened when Johnny Gill joined the group and no one told Ralph until he showed up in the studio, you know, you know, um, with the guys being involved. I think that's that's going to add a, a certain a certain truth to it. I, I'm going to make this prediction, though, before we end my this is my prediction. Their their recording of Can You Stand the Rain is going to be like when the Temptations recorded Papa Was a Rolling Stone It's going to have that same. Um, mood and tone yeah. when they recorded. I'm like, I, when I saw that trailer, I was like, oh yeah, they're gonna make that their Papa was a Rolling Stone moment, <laughs> <laughs> where everyone's just so intense and they're like, it's not going back, guys. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna make that prediction right now. That's gonna be yeah. So there's gonna so there's so that's how they that's they're gonna use that to move the story along. Yeah, because in with Papa was a Rolling Stone, that ended up being when Paul killed himself mm-hmm. or. Maybe he was murdered. It's still kind of beatable. Yeah. 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 Uh, So they're going to move that. I think there's going to, that's going to involve something with Bobby Brown. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Bobby Brown. There's going to be intercut scenes (laughs) of, of that with that song. Um, So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, That will be the, the next episode. If it's not the day after the last part, (laughs) it will be sometime. Like that's going to be the next episode. Yeah. I don't think we should talk about anything else. We just got to find it. <laughs> we, yep, we just got to find a way to watch it. If anyone's having a, a watching party in Atlanta, <laughs> a watching party, yeah, a, a viewing party, something. They're like gonna that. charge us to get in. 
make it a potluck. We'll bring something maybe to I can, eat or maybe drink. I can call Comcast, but like, just give me BET for like three days. Like, <laughs> and then I don't know. Are they are they on the out to the Viacom? I don't know. Viacom's pissing off everybody, man. Like, if you got DirecTV, you ain't got Viacom. You got PlayStation View, you ain't got Viacom. Like, they're just making everyone mad. Yeah, it's crazy. We we'll we'll figure something out. No one's watching Doc McStuffins. No one's <laughs> <laughs> watching it. <laughs> All right. Well, if it Viacom, they, that's MTV's part of that, right? MTV, VH1, VH1, BET, um, Comedy Central. So no one, no one's been able to watch the you know Teen Wolf. No. Or like or, yeah. or or love and hip hop. I, I have my ways to watch love and hip hop, so that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'll, I'll find my ways to I watch. I don't think they've this upset Comcast yet, but like I wouldn't be surprised if they're close. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just upsetting everyone. Just everyone is is yeah. So yeah, we'll figure something out, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's on Hulu. Does BET do Hulu? Some of their shows they do. We'll f- we'll figure this out later. Yeah, we'll figure this out. Yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, that's gonna uh, that's gonna do it for our show. And um, until next. Tell me.